this movie to me balance is talking about the push and pull but between two kinds of or two competing visions of nihilism epitomized by Evelyn and Jobu. They at the end they are both expressing nihilist world views. The difference is is their solution or the sort of the what is to be done. Mm-hmm. There's sort of a positive nihilism and a negative nihilism. Again, those probably aren't the right terms. There's probably an actual philosophical term for what I'm describing. But the idea is that Jobu essentially looked at everything and because of the internet, AKA the multiverse saw every possibility there could ever be realized that none of it matters. And that the answer to that is to just give up because none of it matters. You know, like that's the everything bagel is that like, well, it's got everything. And because I've seen it all, none of it means anything to me anymore because nothing is special. Nothing is unique. I've seen it all. Well, and there's also an element of this is it. Like this is all there is. It's like, there's nothing better than this. Yeah. I've seen the best there is. This is it. Whereas Evelyn is what I would call where actually most existentialists and a lot of nihilists, I think as philosophers actually fall. Because I don't think too many of them look at it and go, well, nothing matters. So we should all just give up. Oh, yeah. No, no, like, I don't. I don't think a single high profile uh, person associated with nihilism has ever actually been like nihilism is good. Yeah. All of them describe it. P- even the people like I talked about, even the people that we think of as nihilists all are saying this is a thing that exists. We need to figure out how to deal with it. That'd be like calling, you know, if I spent my whole life focusing on the fact that, like, I don't know, people get hungry and it's bad that people get hungry, calling me like a hungerist. I'm like, no, I want to solve the hunger. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's a, that's pretty much exactly what it is. Um, so what Evelyn represents is what most of these thinkers have thought about is. All right. Nothing matters. We have accepted that nothing matters. Now what? What's your next move? Where do you go from here? And the solution she comes up with is, well, the way I would describe it is that you have to make meaning out of the things around you. So that's her her revelation in the end is that she's like, yeah, this world I live in sucks, but that's fine. And there's the existentialism. Like, it's fine that it, like, it isn't great. I run a laundromat. Whatever. Like, we have bills. We have shit. We've got shit to do. But, like, you know, her line is that she'd rather be in this shitty world with her daughter, you know, with joy. And so that's sort of that existentialist idea of that, like, yeah, it doesn't matter. The things that matter are the things that you actively choose to give meaning to. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I feel like I'm representing that somewhat accurately. And so she, at the end of the movie, she wins by deciding I'm going to invest meaning in these little interactions I have with my daughter. I'm going to invest meaning in this relationship I have with my silly husband who puts googly eyes on things. Even though I know there are other possibilities out there, this is the one I have and I'm going to make it meaningful, which obviously is like the opposition of Job of being like, well, I've seen everything. This is the, this is the best there is. Fuck it. The girl, the, the girl who plays Jobu does an excellent job. 
yeah, the whole cast um, does an excellent job. It's just, does, they're just all uh, good at what they're doing. Stephanie Sue, I think. I don't know how yeah. to say her last name, but yeah, she's great. Um, Job was a great character. Even as I was watching this the first time, I was like, I haven't thought about nihilism this much since I was in college. <laughs> I mean, the the uh, <clears throat> the movie has the, I don't know, I think it, because I haven't seen quite this many stories of people just like up and leaving um, in the middle of a film before. Um, oh, do a lot of people leave it, during this cause, walkout? Cause it, well, I mean, there's like obviously just uncomfortable, weird moments like the hot dog fingers, but... Um, I, love, I love hot dog. I mean, yeah, it's it's really funny. So There's people just being squeamish for no reason. Um, so but weird. Um, so it's like I don't I don't forgive these people. But um, what I do understand is that I mean the movie can be deeply uncomfortable because it brings up a lot of questions that are just kind of sitting there in the background right now, especially right now. These sit in the background more now than they did when most of these existentialists were philosophers were writing their books exactly. about philosophy. <laughs> like the problem of existentialism has only, or I should say that more, the more directly the nihilist question, I think has only gotten stronger since like 1965. Well, yeah. And like, I think mostly the, because of both the cold war and yeah. the internet since the end of history. Oh yeah. Since the fall of the Soviet union without, We've been left with society specifically, I want to be clear, specifically Western society has been left with the question, well, fucking now what? Cold War's over. Now what? And then to that dynamic, we introduced the Internet and suddenly everyone got suddenly everyone got access to see everything there could possibly be. And a lot of people have collectively gone. That's it. The grass is no longer greener on the other side. No, it's really not. I mean, that's, I would, that's also the point of that phrase is that it's not actually greener in the other side. Yeah, it's, it's not. You think it is. You get there and like, oh, this still sucks. I would argue there's also no way to think about this without viewing it um, in an, a somewhat anti-capitalist lens. Because I think this sort of existential dread we feel like, say, you know, in America is also a result of the atomization and burnout associated with the state with the capitalism that we live in. Right? Oh yeah. The, because we're like, we've been told our specifically like our generation, the people younger than us have been told growing, like have been told growing up that we live in the best society ever created and it sucks. So it sort of reinforces that question. And I think that's why you see so many people on say Twitter going the route of Jobu. So I feel like, I feel like atomization, especially I think is really, really important to kind of focus on because the way a lot of people may, that's probably the main reason that it's gotten so bad the past 30 years. People used to deal with nihilistic problems like this in a community. It's like community ties kept people. And even the point of this freaking movie. Yeah. Like, Hey, the meaning might be the people around you, wink, 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 wink. But do, how many of us feel like we have people around us? It's like this, that that's why this ridiculous individualism of like neoliberalism, where it just, ever since Reagan, really, where it's like, everything's on the individual, 
it's always the individual. Everything's the individual. You're the only one that matters. It's like we've we've hit the point with the internet where you could almost argue that we are like borderline solipsistic. Yeah. yeah. Where like people are so intensely focused on themselves. And even if you ask for it, like people are like, oh, how are you going to do this to make your own life better? And it's like, what if that's not the fucking point? <laughs> um, like the point is that's a problem. Like the point is this is a problem that everything is about you and making your life better. And you as an individual, achieving self-actualization. Um and it's done almost entirely devoid of community. Mm-hmm. Despite the fact that we are intensely, potentially the the most, one of, if not the most social creatures on planet Earth. Um, like, we wouldn't be able to do, to have done pretty much anything that humanity has done up to this point, both good or bad, without other people. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like, and combine the internet with that in the middle of this wave of hyper individualism. It's like, that's why I just get so pissed off when I see like, I don't know, some libertarian or Georgist coming on and being like, being like everyone needs their own individual plot of land. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's like, shut up. Do you just want to be depressed for your entire life? The what the freaking wild west the the pioneer days they were not happy they sucked being they a homesteader sucked, sucked. <laughs> it's like these people have like a weird dream of homesteading but also have like this weird dream of hyper personal reliance to the point where it's like this is just projection this is like projection of your own like inability to make social or personal connections with anyone um and your inability to see that other people exist and it makes me want to grab someone like Ayn Rand and just shake her till she snaps. I mean, and I would like, bring Ayn Rand back to life just to kill her again, but that's beside the point. Because <laughs> it's just like, it's like, this is the problem. The problem is you're caring only about yourself. Like if, I don't know, if any field of philosophy that is somehow entrenched itself in American politics so deeply as to be considered like legitimately dangerous, it's objectivism. Yeah. Like, because... That it's it's like, hey, you know how nihilism is fucking terrible. What if we just double down on that? That's that's what it is. It doesn't ever say that. It doesn't ever try to be that. But that's what it is. Like Ayn Rand was just a nihilistic piece of shit. <laughs>